This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Eco Chic. If you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. And if you are returning, I am so glad that you're back. Eco Chic is a really fun place to talk about climate change and sustainability, a lot of things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. My name is Laura, and I am a graduate student studying climate science. Every week, we are talking about climate change from a whole bunch of different angles, but we're also just sharing personal tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. I'm super excited about today's episode. I know I always say that, but today's is particularly important given our current political climate. Today's topic is ecofeminism, which is a term that maybe you haven't heard of, maybe you have, but it's something that I personally have been really interested in in the last few months. Before we get into anything, I would first like to acknowledge that I do believe climate change should be a nonpartisan issue. Whether you are a Democrat or Republican or anything in between, Climate change is affecting you, and climate change is affecting our entire society. Climate change should not be a polarizing political issue, in my personal opinion. But with that being said, I really encourage you to get out and make sure you're registered at your current address so that you can vote on November 6th, and really think about the environmental issues on the ballot, think about the candidates you're voting for, just educate yourself a little bit more on issues that matter to you and who you are electing for what reasons. EcoChic is not a political podcast by any means, but I do think it's important to just acknowledge that we all have this really common responsibility to take care of our society, whether that be in terms of the environment or in terms of anything else. So let's get into today's topic, ecofeminism. I want to break down that term just a little bit. Eco is from ecology. So ecology is the study of organisms and the environment. And then the word feminism, dictionary.com definition, is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. So it's not just about women. Let's remember that. It is about everyone. We should all be feminist. We are all thinking about equality across the board. And then one last definition that I want to bring up, I learned from a TED Talk by Julia Mason, which I will link down below, of Grand Valley University. And in this TED Talk, Julia Mason acknowledged what she believes sustainability means to her. And her quote was, sustainability is the understanding that we are all connected and acting accordingly. So I thought that was a really beautiful way to tie in the topic of sustainability to today's larger topic of eco-feminism. So ecofeminism is not something that I grew up learning about. I haven't taken any formal academic classes about ecofeminism, but it's something that I'm personally really interested in after my sister sent me a video of just a girl on YouTube explaining what ecofeminism is, and I will go ahead and link that down below. 
um, which is something that Emily and I talk about, Emily is my sister, that we talk about pretty frequently, something that we refer back to because it's a really interesting concept that neither of us had been exposed to before. So I've spent a lot of time just on this internet wormhole of what is ecofeminism and what does it mean to me and what can we really learn from it when it comes to our voting rights, but also just our relationships to the environment and how we are caring about things when it comes to climate change. So ecofeminism is a term that was coined in 1974 by the French writer Francois Dubon, and fundamentally, Francois Dubon was linking women and nature, and then interpreting the oppression and the exploitation of both of these central concepts. Ecofeminism examines the conditions that cause and perpetuate the domination of both women and the environment. So I saw this other YouTube video that I'll link down below. I feel like I have so many resources to share on this topic, but it basically was explaining the topic of ecofeminism with a Venn diagram, which I thought this was a really nice illustration. So one of the circles of the Venn diagram was listed environmental exploitation, and then the other circle of the Venn diagram was labeled gender oppression. And so that overlap in the middle is ecofeminism. Ecofeminism acknowledges that there's a divide between nature and humanity, and then insists that that divide can only be bridged by the feminine instinct of nurture. There is a 1993 essay by Greta Gard and Lori Groon entitled Ecofeminism Toward Global Justice and Planetary Health. And this essay outlined four central pillars that the authors refer to as their ecofeminist framework. So I want to acknowledge these four pillars because I think they're really interesting to think about individually, but also in conjunction with each other as to how we are relating women and the environment. So I'm going to put them really simply here, and I will link, again, the essay down below if you're interested in reading it. Pillar one is materialism and how that exploits resources. Two, we have patriarchal religions and then the resulting gender hierarchies that come from that. Pillar three is dualism and the inherent domination of one choice over another. So dualism is just saying women versus men, masculinity versus femininity, even just saying humans versus animals. Dualism is just any place where you have to make a choice and then inherently the domination of one choice over another. And then the fourth pillar acknowledged in this 1993 essay is capitalism, and then the resulting exploitation of animals, earth, and people for the purpose of just creating wealth. Now I'm gonna take a step back and talk more broadly about things I've learned about ecofeminism as a movement, as an ideology, and just some central pillars around it. A really large concept in ecofeminism is the issues surrounding capitalism and patriarchy. So a capitalist patriarchy is a societal structure that we operate within. So we're here discussing a society with privatized production, and that production is primarily run by men. So when we say a capitalist patriarchy, that's implying the society we're here discussing, allows capitalism to give men control over the resources for production. The environment is a resource. Actually, it's a whole bunch of resources if we're thinking about clean water and clean air and other materials that we get primarily from the earth. Power is also an organized hierarchy. So we talked about dualism a little bit earlier. Is masculinity superior to femininity? Are humans superior to animals? There is a power structure within our society. We do not operate linearly. Another central concept to the theory of ecofeminism is that our language equates women and nature. So we talk about mother earth. We talk about fertile soil, virgin timber, things all along those lines. So think about the words that you typically associate with environmental degradation or environmental superiority. Those are all typically feminist terms. More on the practice of ecofeminism, women are more vulnerable than men when it comes to environmental 
disasters. This is because women are typically responsible for a household, and in turn, that household economy is dominated by women. If a woman is working outside of the house in a less developed country, they are very often agricultural workers. Women are being affected by changing agricultural conditions, especially when it comes to climate change. Now, when we talk about climate change impacts, especially here in the U.S., we know that groups of lower socioeconomic statuses will be the most impacted and they will be the first impacted. So we're thinking about access to food and mitigation efforts and how different environments are changing and different communities are really responding to climate change. Your financial status has a lot to do with how quickly you can respond to disasters and different environmental changes. Now, let's take a larger lens worldwide. Women are the largest marginalized group when it comes to a global society. Women are therefore believed, particularly under the theory of ecofeminism, to be more subjected to environmental challenges than men. A really specific practice we can think about is coming out of a UN report Women in less developed countries very often spend six hours a day just collecting water for their family. So going out to the water source and coming back. If we're dealing with drought and less rainfall and more challenges finding that water, women will be theoretically subject to spending more hours a day going out and finding that water, bringing it back home. And what does that mean for their societal movement? If women are spending more and more hours outside of the home simply collecting water, we can't assume that women are going to be educated and young girls will be encouraged to stay in school. Something really important to acknowledge here is that educating women and girls is a massive, massive tool we have to combating climate change. I've spoken a little bit about a book that I have been reading for the last year and is actually now assigned for one of my climate change classes. And the book is called Drawdown and it is a collection of data and analysis of all of the top 100 ways we have to combat climate change. And educating women and girls is actually the number six resource we have to combating climate change. So educating women and girls statistically would reduce our climate impacts more significantly than switching to electric cars or direct carbon capture or any of the things you think are like these fancy shiny ways to combat climate change. Educating women and girls is up there and it is really, really, really powerful. So if we are thinking about how climate change is going to be impacting the possibility of women to be educated around the world, that's something that we really have to consider when we're talking about ecofeminism and how women are impacted more specifically by climate change than men. Going off the example of the water collection, I want to introduce some concrete issues linked to ecofeminism. A big topic often tackled by ecofeminists is the issue of breast milk and breast milk contamination. So this is linking feminism and maternal health. We know that since the 1950s, we have been exposed to a variety of chemicals truly through our environment. So even if you are eating purely vegan and not bringing any toxic chemicals into your own home, just in cleaning products or things like that, you have to consider the things that are already in our environment based on the pesticide usage and plastics, what we're dumping into our waterways, things of that sort. In turn, those chemicals that you're being exposed to just purely through your environment are impacting breast milk. So this is true in our society here in America, but is also found all the way up to the Arctic Circle and Inuit mothers are found with breast milk that is contaminated, particularly compared to the bodies of 50 years ago. So ecofeminism acknowledges that breast milk should, in theory, be like the number one purest, most nourishing food that we have for humans as a species. And we are inherently contaminating that just because we're contaminating our environment. So there really is a very clear link 
between our bodies and the planet, and then in turn, just how are women particularly being affected? And that's breast milk, that's nourishment for our species, again, as a whole, if we are here thinking about humans as part of a larger ecosystem. Another really central issue is fast fashion. We have talked about fast fashion here on EcoChic before, and I will go ahead and list that episode down below if you're interested in learning about some of the issues surrounding fast fashion and the environment. But we did talk earlier again about the issues around ecofeminism and capitalism and materialism. So just the idea of privatizing production, exploiting resources, and just collecting a consumerist culture. About 75% of factory workers in less developed countries are women. So when we discuss activism around poor working conditions or menial pay or the exploitation of human capital, those are also inherently feminist issues. At a really basic understanding, workers' rights are also women's rights. One final topic that I would like to bring up, which I think is kind of interesting, is not necessarily something that I would think about right away, but the issues linking feminism and veganism. So when it comes to veganism, what are you cutting out? Animal products. So you're talking about dairy and eggs and things of that sort, so beyond just purely vegetarianism. The issues surrounding that and feminism is when you are thinking of humans and animals as equal, you have to think about how animal agriculture is treating female animals. So let's first talk about dairy. The only cows that are producing dairy are female mother cows. So these are cows that are being impregnated artificially, artificial insemination, and then the cows are being separated from their calves, and just hearing the crying of the calf supposedly increases the dairy production of the cow. So a lot of the time, it is kind of an animal torture of the animal being separated from its child. And so something really important to remember here is that ecofeminism equates all organisms in the environment. So if you're thinking about taking the child away from a cow, it should be equal in the ecofeminism view of taking a child away from a human. So that's something really important to just remember here as a central concept. If you are impregnating someone and then taking away their baby, how would that impact you as a human? And how would that impact you from a larger societal perspective? Would you be really active about it? Are you active about people having their children taken away from them? That's just something to think about in the current political climate. Similarly, chickens. We only get eggs from female chickens. And if you are thinking of everyone as equal, again, you have to remember that taking away an egg in that sense would be taking away the child from its mother. So that's something that is a really central issue around veganism and feminism. Again, not a link that I normally would think about, but I thought this was a really interesting point that I learned about on the podcast Live Planted, which is a really interesting vegan podcast. If you're interested in listening to that, I will list the episode on feminism and veganism down below. So I know I threw a lot of information at you today, and I feel like this was probably the most philosophical episode of EcoChic that we have had thus far. But again, ecofeminism is something that I'm truly interested in. I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but my background undergrad was in animal biology. So I very often just think of humans and animals on the same level. My friends make fun of me a lot for just talking to animals the way that I would talk to humans. And I think it's really just a matter of realizing that everything is linked. The environment is important to all of us, whether we are humans, whether we're a cat and dog, whether we're a cow, whatever. Everybody has an equal right to the environment. And that's something that ecofeminists really take to heart. I hope this was a really enlightening episode when it comes to feminism on a broader sense. 
Feminism, again, should not be just for women. It should not just be for white women. It should be an issue that everyone supports. It's about equality. It's about treating each other fairly. And it's acknowledging that we are all responsible for our actions and that we should all also be lifting each other up. I want to reiterate once again to please, please make sure that you are registered at your current address. Get out and vote on November 6th because if you are upset about something in our political climate, we are very, very fortunate to live in a country where you have the power to vote and voice your opinion. So please get involved with things you care about. Please go out to the polls. I encourage you to educate yourself on issues surrounding your particular community, whether it is around energy or environmental policy or more polarizing issues like immigration figure out what matters to you, and please do something about it. Thank you so much for giving me the time to just chat your ear off. If you want to talk about science or sustainability or anything else, it is really easy to get in contact with me via Instagram DM. I am at Laura E. Diaz. And EcoChic now has a podcast-specific Instagram, which is really exciting. And it is just at EcoChic Podcast, and I will have that all down below. I look forward to talking with you more about ecofeminism. If anyone is an expert on this, I would love to talk more and maybe just have another podcast episode down the road about this, expanding on the issues that ecofeminists feel really passionate about. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave it a like, a rate, a review, and follow the podcast, subscribe, whatever is the go-to method on your favorite listening platform. I really encourage you to do that. It just supports the podcast, encourages other people to listen to it, And it is something that really tells me what matters to you. And I hope to just continue putting out information that is relevant and helpful and interesting. So a rate, a review, a subscribe, whatever is really, really helpful on my end as well. But otherwise, I hope you have a really great day and I will see you soon.